What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here, as always, in with my new revolving door of, of co-hosts. Finally, he's back. It's Adam Best joining me for, for this Thursday show. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. I've been wrestling with my backdrop. You know, this thing worked great for about six weeks. Uh, I took like this frame and this this like drape thing, and then I stuck a fat head on it. And I have to move it around to use my office. And it's just, uh, uh, it's like Kadarius Tony's hamstrings. You know, it's just not holding up. <laughs> that's commitment, man. That's, that's commitment to get that thing out. And uh, I just throw the Casey beer hat on the, on the table back there and I'm, I'm good to go. Um, well, I had good. enough of people telling me that my, this looked like a super villain's lair. In, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I was a big fan of panic room. I felt like a panic room. It was like very narrow. And like all clean lines. Very interesting. I thought it was a closet at your office. Yeah, it's my home office. Yeah. I gotta yep. I gotta get down there and check out your place, man. Be awesome. We're gonna call this the uh the puking dog podcast because <laughs> the right. last time you and I did a uh, a duo podcast, your dog yep. threw up everywhere. Yep, yep, she did, and she's here, she's right over there. So uh We'll see. We'll see how things go. Uh, what's up to everybody in the chat? Appreciate you guys showing up for the show today. I know it's getting nice outside and it is the off season. What's up to uh, Jerome? What's up, Gary? Um, appreciate you guys hitting the chat, hitting that like button. Let's get some more Chiefs fans in here. Lots to talk about today. A really interesting show lined up for you guys. Um, uh, we're uh, we're going to hit some news real quick. And then, of course, uh, we got to talk draft. There's a report on ESPN today. It was in an insider article, a little nugget, but a really interesting nugget. I'm really excited to talk about and bring that to you guys if you don't have the old insider account. Uh, and then we're going we're gonna to talk about whether or not we think the Chiefs uh, can avoid a Super Bowl hangover. Very, very hard to go to the Super Bowl back-to-back years, let alone win it, uh, which has rarely been done. And then we're going to have a little fun. Uh, I, I, I threw up an article on Arrowhead Addict yesterday. Uh, everybody's on the, the AI craze, Adam. And um, so I had AI write an article for me comparing Chiefs legends to Star Wars characters. And some of these were quite interesting. And I got to say, it makes me a little bit nervous for my future as a, as a writer and podcaster. Once these, once these robots start learning how to podcast and talk about the Chiefs, we're, we're doomed, right? I'm going to get a, we, you know what we need is we need an AI Vertoram. 
So we can just like, even though he won't be able to hang out with us on Sundays anymore, we'll just pop him in there and he can, it can rant for him on Sundays. The issue with AI replacing somebody like me or someone like Verteram, whose father passed down chief's trauma to them, a robot can't feel that. A robot yeah. can't feel the suffering of generations <laughs> of chiefs fans, right, you know, right. of five decades of a drought. Yeah. So I think in, in terms of emoting, that may be the one place where we still have them, but it, it is getting a little creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, I mean, are you ready for the draft? We're two weeks away. It's, you know, it, it seems like it's right around the corner, but I feel like I haven't even really got to dive in as much as I want to. Uh, but that's what I'm going to do in these next two weeks because I will be in Kansas City uh, covering the draft. For I feel like I am ready on the wide receiver group. I think that's kind of the most important group. Uh, I've dug into offensive tackles and edges some. Other positions, not so much other than tight end. Uh, we just had so much success. We talked about it yesterday with those multi-tight end formations. Yeah. Uh, and And – you know, when it's a, a great tight end class and a weak wide receiver class, tar, you know, pass catchers are pass catchers, especially if they're if they're really good options. So it's going to be a really fascinating draft. And it's going to be interesting to see how teams continue to change to try to adapt to what the Chiefs are doing. And can the Chiefs stay one step ahead of the rest of the NFL or are they going to have a season where people kind of catch up to them and they have to figure some stuff out? It's going to be fascinating. But real quick, before we get into everything, I wanted to ask you, I, I know your answer on this, but you and I haven't talked since uh, Odell Beckham Jr. signed with the Ravens in a move that made zero sense to me for either side. Um, well, he, it makes sense for him. He's getting it millions of dollars. But um, for the Ravens, I just don't get it. I know you're very anti-old man receiver. Um, so were you happy? when he ended up in Baltimore and are you still sweating DeAndre Hopkins? I was ecstatic. DeAndre Hopkins is a little bit of a different story. If a trade was going to happen, I kind of think it would, would have already happened. I don't know. You look at Brandon cooks, some of these other deals, uh, yeah. Stefan Gilmore. So I just do not see the pattern of behavior from Brett Veach focusing almost exclusively on players who are in their mid twenties, the, uh, the DiCaprio rule, as I call it, you gotta be, you gotta be 25. You can't be older than 26, maybe 26. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, maybe. That's in reference to his dating life, right? Yeah. 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 Cause he's never had a girlfriend who's older than 26 and he's like almost 50, which a uh, little weird, but you do you, man. Um, God bless him. Yeah. I, I, I get, I think Odell was, was a hail Mary from that front office to kind of extend an olive branch to Lamar Jackson. And so Lamar Jackson's happy. Odell Beckham gets treated like a number one receiver, which he isn't at this point. You know, I, I just think he's more name than game at this point. It's been a long time since he had a thousand yard season and he did look good in the Super Bowl, but that was playing next to Cooper cup and he's had another ACL injury. And the, just the history of the wide receiver position. Once you hit 30, 31, you know, look at AJ green, look at Julio Jones guys might be, I mean, Julio Jones is definitely a hall of famer. AJ green could be, but they fell off a cliff. Yeah. And I just don't want that to happen to us. 
yeah, teams are getting smarter. They're getting smarter about maybe you give somebody that second contract and you pay up at the third contract. That's, that's rough waters, man. It usually doesn't work out for the long term. Um, and we're going to get into that because we're going to talk about wide receiver. Hopkins would be intriguing for me under the right circumstances, but I, I don't think unless – I think Brett Veach will make any deal that he thinks can help the team within reason. And I just think that there's a reason why Hopkins hasn't gotten moved yet. Maybe it happens during the draft where the Cardinals get a little bit desperate, um, but we'll see. I think the asking price is probably too high. And I will tell you, though, the olive branch, if that's the olive branch they're extending to Lamar and Baltimore, I mean, I'd just take that and snap it in half if I was him. No disrespect to Odell Beckham Jr., but the dude's why. Like, he hasn't done anything of any significance for what uh, – he's supposed to be in years it's like he's like uh he's like not suspended josh gordon it's like you know yeah. he just uh, okay so he's gonna come in and get 400 yards for you and then get hurt again like i just don't it doesn't make sense you know who he reminds me of this is kind of an off the wall comparison but m night Shyamalan. so m night Shyamalan, the, the director came out and had um the Sixth Sense, which is just a, a cultural phenomenon. And then his second movie, God, what was his second? Unbreakable. He was just on fire. Yeah. And then he fell off a cliff. Yep. But he's just, you know, you'll see trailers from the mind of M. Night Shyamalan. And Shyamalan? Every, Shyamalan? Yeah, it's not Shyamalan. I don't Shyamalan. think so. Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Yeah. It's been so long since he was yeah, You can't even pronounce his name correctly because he hasn't put it. No. Remember the movie that he put out where it was with Mark Wahlberg and it was the wind? Oh that they God. were running from the wind? It was the stupidest. I think he actually There's a worse one than that. There's a worse happening, one than that. Yeah. Uh, producer no, not even that. Not even that one. Yeah. The, the, the one, uh, Lady in the Water, where there's basically a, a mermaid in like this, this crappy apartment building pool. Right, right. I actually thought I thought Lady in the Water had its moments. He had he did a good job of doing like we're going to talk Chiefs, I promise. But like a building atmosphere and intrigue, but he didn't know how to stick the landing. And that and I think he got all messed up with that twist ending in in the Sixth Sense. And he just kept trying to he kept trying to catch that lightning in a bottle again and you just it's that's hard to do man it'd be like odell beckham just trying to get that one-handed catch back you know what right. i mean but but i think the one hand the one-handed catch and him coming out of of the gates just scorching hot like randy moss or justin jefferson and being in new york he just yeah. got super famous my theory on why all these different fan bases want deandre hopkins and want Odell Beckham. And I've experienced this with my father-in-law, who's a Packers fan. Most fans aren't like you and me. They don't consume the entire league. They mainly focus on their team. So they know these two commodities. Yeah. The rest of the league, you know, so I think that's part of it. Yeah, the big name, the big name. Um, hey, guys, we got some breaking news for you before we move on here. Um, and we got to get to it right away. Our sponsors... Casey Beer Co. They once said that they would never release an IPA, but they just brewed one so good, they broke their own rules. It's called Never Say IPA, and it's the newest beer and the first IPA to hit the Casey Beer lineup. This beer is a celebration of German and American brewing traditions using both German and American hops, as well as German malt and yeast. 
The beer is really refreshing and aromatic. You got to try it. I've got some here at the house. I'm going to be drinking some when I get to KC for the draft. It's just another great beer from this award-winning brewery with such a terrific lineup of brews. It doesn't matter what kind of style you're into. Some people might hear, oh, German. Well, I don't know what that means. Trust me, they've got a style for you. Look at the red KC Beer Co. cartons at your local store and support the Arrowhead Attic podcast by supporting KC Beer Co. And do us a favor. Give them a shout out on Twitter at KC Beer Co. And let them know you heard about their beer on our podcast. Keep us in business and dare to beer different. Don't be a clown. 21 and over. Please. All right. Um, so that's such good beer. I need to crack one open tonight. Um, <laughs> so this article, let's get into the Chiefs talk here. Um, and, and if you're listening and watching live on YouTube, hit that like button. Let's get some more Chiefs fans in here. Um, this article comes out on ESPN. I finally broke down after years of refusing to pay for ESPN Insider. I finally broke down because a lot of they put a lot of Bill Barnwell stuff on there, and I just love reading him. And there's other reasons now they've it's got some of the, the streaming and it, it's it, there's a lot more value there than it used there used to be. Um, and so now I check all that stuff out, and there's some good stuff. So this article came out. I think it was today, and it was about like it was like draft buzz article, like what we're hearing about what each team is doing in the draft. And um, I was like, well, that's interesting. And I love when writers talk to when they do those articles where they go and they like hey we talked to like gms or we talk and they, they don't say who it is but they're like we talked to a scout or we talked to this person where you get some of that inside baseball stuff and i always find that really illuminating because it's interesting to me to know what other people think is going on with the chiefs that are in the league that are in the know so <clears throat> excuse me this one came out and i'm going to read you the paragraph so you know this one's on me boys and girls. You didn't have to pay for ESPN Insider. I'm not reading you the whole article, just a paragraph. Um, and what they're hearing about the Chiefs. With 10 picks, I expect them to be aggressive throughout draft weekend. General Manager Brett Veach can use the capital to move around the board. One NFC exec, and that means almost certainly, right? Like that's a GM, right? NFC GM. One NFC exec said he expects Veach to try to climb higher in round one to secure a marquee player and wide receiver and defensive line are their biggest areas of need. Defensive tackle, Mozzie Smith from Michigan, wide receiver, Quentin Johnson from TCU, Ed Rusher, everybody's favorite K-State guy, Felix, uh, are all likely to be available in the 20s. So I thought that was really interesting. We know Brett Veach likes to move. He mostly moves up. The article actually mentioned that the one time he moved back, there was like a golf clap in the, in the Chiefs war room. Um, so I want to ask you, That's Adam, funny. do you think he'll move up? It's, it's really interesting to me that, 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 that this GM probably thinks that like, not only does he want to move up, that he wants to get a marquee player, somebody who's going to like shake things up a little bit, make a splash. So do you think they're going to do it? And like, how far do you think they need to move up to make that happen? I think there's a good chance if you are the Kansas city chiefs, you're looking at the last five seasons, the entire duration of the Mahomes of Mahomes's tenure. You've never not drafted in the final four picks of the first round, and generally, you're basically getting second ground a uh, second round grades at that point. So, if they want to get somebody with a first round grade, they're going to have to trade up. That's just how it is. That now that doesn't mean that stars can't come from outside of the first round. 
we've seen that in Kansas City, maybe more than anywhere else recently with with Creed and Chris Jones and Travis and Tyreek. But if you want to get a guy, kind of a can't-miss guy, I think you're going to have to trade up to kind of at least where they traded up to get McDuffie. I believe that was 21. Yeah, 21. So if you trade up there, and there are some teams that might be interested in moving back. I would say the Lions at 18, um, the Seahawks at 20. They like to trade back. Now the Ravens don't have a lot of picks. They're sitting there at uh, 22 maybe. And then the Vikings, they like to trade back. So there's a cluster of teams right there that might be willing. And hopefully, my my hope is that since this is kind of seen as a weak draft class, that there won't be a lot of trade. You know, there'll be more teams looking to trade back than trade up. And maybe we could take advantage of that. Yeah. So when the Chiefs moved up, let me see if I got this right, um, to get McDuffie at 21, um, they they traded with New England. So they gave up. They were, Remember, they had two picks at the end of the first round because of the Tyree Kill trade. So they gave up number 29, and then they gave up a third and a fourth to get up to 21. So that spots. Hmm. Yeah. So, and, and that was from 29. They're picking 31. It's probably not going to be that much of a difference, just a couple spots. If they want to move up into about the same range, you could be looking at um, giving up number 32 and then like a third and a fourth. They might have to throw another pick in there. It's possible. 95 and 122. That's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. Um, And they've got some needs, right? I mean, that's, that's the thing. It would be, so it would be super exciting if they go up and they get, you know, like, and that, and we're going to talk about that. And I'm interested to hear what the listeners think as well about like who, who, if they do this, who should they go up? But like, do we draw the line? Do you think Adam at 20? Like, is it, I mean, if that's the compensation that you're looking at giving up and and remember they did it last year when they had two first round picks. So they were like, you know, we're going to get two first round picks either way, but we want to get like a more premium player. And can you, can you imagine them trying to go up any farther than that into the teens? I can, but only if somebody sort of spectacular, like a, like a, I don't want to say can't miss, but somebody like Jalen Carter, who might be the best player on the board and has some, some personal issues, let's say some baggage, or for some reason, the way the board goes, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the, the most sure thing of the receivers falls further than most expect because Alave and Garrett Wilson and Drake London, they went in that like eight to 12 range last year. I expect him to go there, but if he's sitting there at 16, it's going to be awfully tempting. Darnell Wright, if there's a run on tackles and they see this is the last tackle we have a first round grade on, maybe. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, I feel like it would have to be for receiver or edge, you know, if they're going to do that. Um, but as you pointed out, when you're giving up that kind of draft capital, go up into the teens. I mean, you know, they gave up a ton to go up to what was it? 10. They got Mahomes. I think it was 10. Yeah. Um, 10 or 11. 
Yeah, they gave up a ton. And so that's what you're talking about. But, like, that's a quarterback. All these other guys, I mean, the secret sauce that the Chiefs have had in the last few years is that Brett Veach has drafted well, particularly last year, and found value all throughout the draft. It wasn't about just getting one guy. So that's why I think this comment by the by the executive in the NFC is really interesting because he seems to think that the Chiefs want to make a, make a splash. And I wonder if it is they think that they've seen the departure of Juju Smith-Schuster and they're looking at that wide receiving court. And yeah, they just won the Super Bowl with kind of a, you know, by cobbling it together. And yeah, they've said that they want, you know, they think Kadarius Tony is going to be their number one receiver. But like, let's be honest, there's no way Brett Veach feels comfortable. I don't going into the season with the guys that they have right now. You haven't seen enough from Skymore. You might be confident in Skymore, but you haven't seen enough from him. You know, Kadarius Tony has Swiss cheese hamstrings, and you don't know if that's going to play out for you. You gotta, you gotta double and triple down when it comes to making sure that Mahomes has weapons. If you give up too much and you're still looking to fill a tackle spot or you're still looking to fill an edge spot, it's going to be really difficult to do that. You're going to end up, if they go up crazy, they're going to end up having to start like Lucas Niang or something. And that might work out, but it also might not. So I don't know, man. I, I'd maybe take a small move. If they had to give up a third, okay, you know. How do you feel about if they wanted to take a big swing about giving up premium draft capital? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A., members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Later. So, like, you're like, okay, we're going to give you a third this year, but we're going to give you uh, a first next year or a second or something crazy like that. It might work the kind of buzz right now is next year is a better draft than this year. But I feel like that gets said every single year. Yeah. So the variable, the wild card here is Kansas city is hosting the draft. Does Clark hunt want to make a splash? Yeah. You know, so that could be another factor in this. And I'll also add that Chris Jones getting close to 30 Kelsey we hope he has another three or four years in him, but you never know. We need to give Patrick Mahomes new superstars, new homegrown superstars for the next era of Kansas City Chiefs football. Now, you may hit in later rounds, but that's you're unlikely to find another Chris Jones, another Travis Kelsey, where you found them. Maybe Chris Jones. So it all depends. It all depends on price. So let's say they're going up into the early 20s because one of these wide receivers falls. Who do you think they would go after? Particularly with wide receiver. I think that there's, right, like there's kind of like five guys, you know, 
Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, Smith and Jigba, and Quentin Johnson that people are enamored by. I've seen a lot of Chiefs fans are big fans of Zay Flowers. And let us know in the chat, if it was one of these wide receivers, if they were going to move up into the 20s and say they're giving up, you know, uh, number 32 and a third to do that, who would you want? Uh, who, who Who would be worth it for you in the chat for them to move up and grab? What do you think, Adam? Is there a receiver that you you have a crush on here in there, this draft? There is, but not, not in that group. Not in that group. Oh, okay. I, okay. My my personal opinion is you have Jackson, Smith, and Jigba as wide receiver one, pretty bust-proof. He might be limited to the slot, but that's okay. And then with Flowers and Addison, Quindon Johnson, you mentioned Josh Downs. I think he might be falling a little bit. I, I don't really see that much of a gap between them and guys like Jonathan Mingo, who who that's my crush, uh, from Ole Miss, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, A.T. Perry, there's Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, Jaden Reed. So I really think it would behoove them to just chill, look at other positions, and see who's there at 63. Because there's going to be a good wide receiver at 63. And if you look at the past 10 years of the draft, we've seen as many good receivers produced out of round two and round three as round one, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Devonte Adams, Deontay Johnson, uh, Terry McLaurin, the list goes on and on and on. So we have ample proof that you can find a really good starter, if not a pro bowler outside of round one. Now, I, I think it's less likely for that to happen at edge and tackle. Yeah, so it's, I mean, Sanjay, you're, you're a second round guy for these wide receivers. Um, there, there is one caveat, though. Yeah. I think the best receiving option in this draft is Dalton Kincaid, uh, baby Kelsey, and I, yeah, I, I he's never going to be Kelsey. But if there's a player who can kind of play like him and eventually give us 75% of what Kelsey is in the past five or six years, outside of Kyle Pitts, of course, he feels like the guy. I think he's a top He's a top 12 player on my board. Sterling and I went at it about him yesterday because he thinks it's crazy to take a tight end in the first round. But if you play them, if you utilize them like a wide receiver, and that's how we primarily utilize Travis Kelsey. Would it be smarter? And and this goes for some of the other tight ends too. Would you rather have an A tight end or a B plus tight end or a C receiver? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you know Travis Kelsey lines up wide sometimes. So now you've got a set where you can line Travis Kelsey up wide. You can put Kincaid at the traditional tight end spot. There's a lot of different things you can do. And you're talking about an all world play caller here with an all world quarterback what would Kincaid is obviously really interesting and I've seen a lot of people tweeting about him um uh Kay Calhoun says they would only move up for Addison Zay or Kincaid or Mayer um as, as people are firing off in the chat about about what they think um Chris Chris says uh I would move up for Nolan Smith the edge from Georgia and let him wreak havoc on the offensive lines edge is really interesting um but back to Kincaid, 
what would he have to produce for you in year one? Cause we haven't seen too many teams do the, like, obviously the, the classic example is, is Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. And they were, they were just like, just destroying people when they were running that. Um, what would Kincaid, if they went and got Kincaid and they were like, yeah, like this guy's going to be another receiver for us. We think he's elite. He's also the heir apparent to Travis Kelsey. We want to make sure that Pat always has a really good pass catching tight end. Like, and they're running out of this, you know, 12 and 13 personnel sets all the time. What would he have to produce from a, from a receiving standpoint in this offense as a rookie for you to consider it a successful move? Yeah. First of all, fans aren't going to like this, but Jody Fortson would be in jeopardy because Kincaid is not a blocker. He is a move tight end. Yeah. And that's fine. Uh, I, I think one of the problems with tight ends is people want them to be Gronk or Kittle to be able to do everything. And it's, it's fine to have a Blake Bell and a, and a Kelsey. And in fact, it may be better to have that be, but because Blake Bell and Noah Gray are better blockers, I'd probably expect them to make the roster. Uh, I would say like 700 yards. It's very rare that a tight end, maybe 800. It's very rare that a rookie tight end does a thousand. Now Kyle Pitts did it. Mike Ditka did it, but there's, there's very few examples of that. I don't know. Maybe everything is different with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Right. So when you're talking about like how Arthur Smith and the Falcons utilize Kyle Pitts, just throw that out. This is a completely different situation. This isn't Marcus Mariota and a coach that wants to run 65% of the time. It's a totally different situation. So uh, I want to jump in on Addison really quick. I think he is, he's got some Isaac Bruce. He is just such a natural. I really like him, but at 171 pounds, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out trading up for him, maybe at 31, but we've been talking about this and I'll throw Nolan Smith in there too. The edge. I don't think you should trade up to get an outlier, to get someone who would have to defy history at their, at their size, at their weight to turn into a, a great player. Yeah. And that's uh Rybred was saying Addison is a good route runner and I think could have a chance to get some looks as a rookie. I know rookie receivers don't typically produce, but Addison could be a nice third or fourth option. His first for us. year. They don't typically produce for us. They that's produce right. Yeah. Else, right? <laughs> for the chiefs um, and un under Andy Reid in particular. And that's another interesting thing. And you mentioned it about tight end in regards to Kincaid is like, Sometimes these tight ends, they don't they don't just come in and just start lighting the league on fire. In general, it's usually year two where they kind of start to break out uh, and figure things out. And we saw that with, uh, oh, geez, what's his name? The guy was the, the, the tight end in, in Detroit, and then he got traded to Minnesota. Hawkinson. Hawkinson, yeah. Like he was like, you could see the talent was there. Had a couple of good games, I think, as a rookie, but didn't really kind of come into his own. So it's, can the Chiefs afford to do that, you know? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they can afford to wait given the stable of wide receivers that they have. So that I think for me would be an argument in favor of moving up and trying to get a wide receiver because like a, exactly what this executive said, getting a marquee player going up and getting a Jackson Smith and Jigba um, or Zay flowers and being like, yeah, no, like they're going to play. Like we moved up into the, late teens or early twenties to get this person They're They're going to play. And now we're, we're, we're deep at wide receiver as opposed to shallow. 
I just think we picked the wrong year to do that. Last year had a great crop. We could have traded up and got Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, someone like that. Jamison Will, uh, Williams. Yeah. Um, this year, I think I really like Jackson Smith and Jigba, obviously. But to me, if he was in last year's class, he probably would have been like wide receiver five, wide receiver four, something like that. So is this the year of the trade-up? Now, maybe you get the discount this year. So I will say about Quentin Johnson, I have Johnston, I have some issues with him because you don't like a 6'3", 6'4", guy who isn't a ball winner and just kind of struggles in the contested catch facet of the game. But the Chiefs are becoming in, uh, yards after the catch offense. That's where the league is moving. That's what San Francisco excels at. The Eagles are good at it too. And he is a player that once he gets the ball in his hands, he's big, he's dynamic, he's hard, hard to bring down. He's got some twitch, has some juice. So they might fall in love with that. I've said this week after week on the podcast, but not to you. When insane to think about that they were, but when Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigber were all on Ohio State at the same time. Uh, after they came out, they asked those guys, they asked Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who was the best receiver? And both of those guys said Jackson Smith and Jigba. Was out that before or after they got paid? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. It might have been before. Um, and the best guy still might be there, right? Yeah, indeed. Harrison. Yeah, indeed. Um, I just think that he's really interesting to me because he had that. He was. He was he looked just absolutely incredible. And then he had he dealt with the injury last year and didn't play at all. Um I I think that could be a really interesting move for this team. He some people have him as the number one receiver in the whole class. Some people have him two, three. Um, I think that could be a really interesting one because I think he would fit into this offense really well and what the Chiefs are trying to do. What do you think they would go after if they did move? Like, what's their type? Last offseason, we talked about it. They went and they got big guys who could help block, who could go over the middle of the field, do some dirty work. We had Brett Veach on the podcast. He talked about why he liked Juju Smith-Schuster. He compared him to Sammy Watkins and the fact that, like, he would do some of those things and brought some size and some toughness. Is that what they're looking for here? Or are they looking for a burner to go and try to take the top off the defense and get a little bit more of that? you know, McCole Hardman, Tyree Kill, Juice back. I mean, or I would argue they already have that on the roster and a couple of guys, but what do you think? I agree with you. But the great thing that not only Mahomes and Reed, but also Veach have demonstrated is that they're adaptable. And I don't think they're just going to go in and pigeonhole themselves themselves into looking for any one type. It just depends. Now, Jackson Smith and Jigba is not Juju Smith-Schuster. He's not as big or as physical, but in terms of busting zones and having the kind of innate feel to get open, he's got a lot of that and probably more. And I think his game will age better because he's not fast, but he is very sudden. He is unbelievably quick. He had the fastest uh, short shuttle and three cone in this entire combine. I think at all positions, actually. So... It, there's different flavors for them. That, yeah. So I, I think they're just going to say, 
who's the best player and we'll find a way to make him fit. Yeah. And that, what you mentioned about his shuttle and the three cone, when you think about the kind of offense, like that's a really great indicator of can somebody create space really quickly and get, and get separation. Well, that's exactly what the kind of offense the chiefs are running right now. So if they can run a, a nice sharp route, get open, move the chains, matriculate the ball down the field, the way that they were doing all last year, that person could be a really good. And if they're elite at that, that's a problem when you've still got Travis Kelsey playing at the level that he's playing and you've got the speed that Marquez Vargas and size that, that Scantling brings to the table. Tony's ridiculous athleticism running around back there. Um, that, that makes for a nice, interesting mix. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, let's see if there's anything from the, from the chat. Um, Oh, uh, Jerome says Marcus from Chiefs con Chief Concerns said, "Imagine in the fourth round, Chiefs trade that pick for D Hop, and the place goes crazy. Just hope Arizona pays more. Most of the bill. There's no need for a wide receiver in the first. Yeah, I'd take I'd take DeAndre Hopkins for a fourth. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I would take that. Um, all right, it's going to be fascinating to see what they do here. I do think there's a good chance they move up. They have the draft capital to do it." They've got some specific needs, and I think Brett Veach is it's just his M.O. I, I, I find it hard to see him staying put in this draft. How do you rank those needs? Wide receiver, edge, and tackle. I'm not that concerned. I'm not as concerned about edge as everybody else is. Like, I think, I think they've made some moves. I think they're expecting Karloftis to make the jump. I think they're going to be okay with the pass rush. It's a need for sure, but I, I think they're okay for another year. I'm going to go, I got to go right tackle. Like I, I'm really uncomfortable with the wide receiving group as they are right now because of some things that might or might not happen, right? Like if you told me Kadarius Tony's not, he's going to be healthy all year and Sky Moore is going to make the leap, then I'm perfectly content with the group that they have. But this offensive line is just so important. Maybe they can pop somebody in there and they can do the Andrew Wiley. You know, they've, they've done it before. Niang, could Niang be Andrew Wiley? Probably if he can stay on the field. So that's, that's my concern, but like, that I just might don't want to mess with the offensive line. That might be less likely than Kadarius Tony staying on the field. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it comes down to with those three positions. I think you're more likely to find a veteran that got cut at edge or tackle over the summer than a wide receiver who can come in. And I'm also worried that I'm just worried about wide receiver with Andy. Yeah. So it's like, can, can, if they go the rookie route, can the rookie come in and make an impact right away or exactly. going to be a year away, especially in this complicated offense? Uh, that's, that's, that's the rub. Um, but you know what? They're going to do, they're going to throw us all curveball and they're going to take like a cornerback or a safety or something. That's what's going to happen. Someone <laughs> asked me why I take three defensive backs every draft. And the reason for that is because we spent the second least in the entire league, salary cap wise, on our secondary last year. That allows us to spend 31% of the cap on Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes alone. We are better at identifying late round corners than any team in the league. And as much as I love LeJarius Sneed, I've kind of come around to the fact that we're probably going to have to let him go 
because there's going to be another team that like Charvarius Ward throws the bag at him and we need to constantly reload. The other thing is, is there's a lot of variance at that position. It is the rockiest, most up and down position in football. Yeah. So just because Jalen Watson and I have more faith in him uh, than Joshua Williams, but just because those two guys looked good last year, doesn't mean they won't have a rougher year this year. There's more tape. It it just gets tougher and tougher. Uh, So I think you just have to constantly reload that room. Yeah. And, and you need a lot of them and injuries happen and they got to come out. Teams are throwing like crazy guys get winded. Like you got to really, you know, they like the the chiefs like to use corners to come down and almost play linebacker sometimes and blitz and do, do all these different things. Like, you need a diverse skill set there and you need a lot of them. And if they're good, they get very expensive. And so if you, if you throw money at one cornerback, then the rest of the positions suffer. Wasn't it very ballsy in retrospect, how they traded Rashad Fenton? I mean, if you think about the playoffs, if one of those guys goes down, like we were a lot better, I thought defensively when Trent McDuffie came back. So I still think we're a little thin there and we lost, I know we added a safety, but we lost, um, what's his name? I think I men in blacked myself. Thornhill, <laughs> Thornhill not my yeah. favorite one. Yeah. I mean, you know, they brought Dion Bush back. Um, I, I actually quite like him as, as a reserve guy. Um, Special teamer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It, you need a lot of those guys and you need to keep replenishing that cupboard so everybody stays young and cheap. Um, let's uh, let's let's move on to our, in our discussion and talk about this potential Chief Super Bowl hangover. But before we do, I got to let you know, uh, if you want to get swagged out, our swag store is back. Uh, so we've got you covered. The Arrowhead Attic merch store is now live and you can visit it right now by clicking the link in the description below. We've got everything, man. Uh, shirts, hoodies, baby onesies, a pint glass you can drink your Casey beer from. Uh, it, we got a super secret promo code for you for this week's listeners only. You got to use the term, uh, the code, Stone Cold. That's all one word, Stone Cold. You get 10% off your order today. Uh, and make sure it's fast because this does expire on Saturday. We're recording on Thursday. She's so got a couple of days if you want to get swagged out for the summer. Um, and then I'll tell you, if you want to make a little bet, NBA playoffs are getting ready to start up, all that stuff. Check out our friends at DraftKings. If you use the code Arrowhead, you can bet $5 and get $150 in bonus bets if your money line bet wins. That's code Arrowhead at DraftKings. you got to be a new, uh, a new person the DraftKings platform, but it really helps us out. It's a minimum $5 deposit and wager on any pregame money line required. New customers only 21 plus and present in Kansas. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas. See the the full terms and details at DraftKings.com or in the description below. Let's talk about the hangover and I'm not talking about the trilogy. I'm talking about uh, I got to throw these pop culture references in because I'm, we've we brought some wacky Wednesday to um, to Thursdays here. I appreciate it. Um, the Super Bowl hangover. So the Chiefs are now on this rare air of being in three Super Bowls in five years. They've won two of them. They're going for the dynasty. Now, I'm a big you've got to get three in a compressed amount of time to be a dynasty. 
Uh, I think two doesn't quite get it done. They're an AFC dynasty, no doubt. But I think they got to get that third. And if they go back and they win another one, I mean, legacies are already good, but that would be absolutely incredible. We all want it. Do you think they're good? Like, I guess here's what I'm interested in. Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, Andy, they've all won two Super Bowls now. All those young guys that they drafted last year and they started have now won a friggin' Super Bowl in their first year in the league. So, like, when you think about the motivation issues, the climbing to the top of the mountain, and the just traditional Super Bowl hangover that teams get anyway when they make it to a Super Bowl win or lose, and the odds being so stacked against a team repeating. The first time, you know, the run it back tour, they were incredible. They were focused all season long. They won 14 games. They went right back to the Super Bowl, just couldn't get it done. What do you think about this team, this group, after what they've been through, your core leaders and then your young people? Are they going to just, are they going to, could they come, come out and have a flat season where like they have some injuries and things just don't go well and like, you know, they're out in the first round? I don't think so, man. Because the four leaders of this team, Andy Reid at coach, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and even Chris Jones, they're chasing ghosts. They're Hall of Famers. They want to go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest. I would argue that Andy, Travis, and Patrick all have a chance to go down as the greatest at what they do. And we haven't seen any of their hunger diminish one iota. I expect them to come out and, and that's contagious. You know, I, I think the guys, they want to play for Pat. They want to play for Travis. They want to play for big red. So I, we've seen them lose a, a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl and come back. And, you know, they were basically this close to beating Cincinnati. Right. And they just, their line fell apart against the bucks. And like you said, they couldn't seal the deal. But I just don't really have any worry about that. My biggest worry with the Chiefs, the two years that they won the Super Bowl, they had good injury luck. That's really my biggest, my biggest concern with the Chiefs. And I think that's one of the reasons they traded Tyreek Hill, because they thought they were a little too top-heavy. What happens if Tyreek or Travis goes down? We're screwed. Right. Now, if, if Mahomes goes down, the season's lost, right? It's done. That happened to the Patriots. It can happen... Let's knock on wood that it doesn't, but that's really the only thing I fear. Yeah. I, you know, I think you're right. These guys are like Andy Reed. There's starting to become rumblings. Just the start of them about, you know, should we take a look at Andy Reed as being on Belichick's level? Like, and I know it might seem absurd on its face, just given the amount of rings that, that Belichick has, he's got more wins, you know, all that stuff, but he had, he had was fortunate enough to get Brady. And we all know it's part of the deal when he was much younger than Andy Reed got Patrick Mahomes. But what Andy's done in his career is so impressive. The consistent winning with the guys that he's won with is like, look at, look at Belichick right now. I mean, like, and both stops, right? There yeah. wasn't a Cleveland where he flamed out. Right. He won big in Philly, and then he won even bigger in Kansas City. Yeah. I think with Andy, 
he might be chasing Bill Walsh because I think Billichek is and him and Parcells are like the greatest defensive coaches ever. And Andy, I think it's almost a different conversation. Is he the greatest offensive coach of all, all time? And I think he's going up against Bill Walsh. But I think what Andy wants to accomplish when it's all said and done is he wants to be on that Mount Rushmore of coaches. Yeah. When, when you, the first three or four you mention forever, Big Red is one of them. Yeah. He, he gets another Super Bowl, lock it in. I mean, he's, he's been unbelievable. And so, you know, Andy's going to want to do it again. Uh, Mahomes is now energized in that he's like, all right, I, you know, I doubt he has, he's not the kind of person that carries around a lot of doubt, but he now knows he has a, he has a monkey off his back of, I'm not going to be a one hit wonder. Like I'm not going to be Russell Wilson, right. Where I get it, you know, a couple early success and then I just go away. I miss the second chance and that's it. Um, he's got a, he's, he's 27 still for God's sake he has a chance to write an incredible legacy if he can you know keep the band together and keep playing at a high level so i think i think you're right i think he's going to be he's uh, he's he's going to be focused it's just i think about that patriots team you know and they won 3 and then they didn't win one for 10 years and it wasn't like they lost it wasn't like they lost games and didn't make the playoffs a bunch and stuff like that they were there they were in super bowls but they didn't win another one uh, so that's that just a, a word of caution to Chiefs fans. Like, you never know, man, even even some of the best to ever do it. The best dynasty we've ever seen in the NFL went a decade without winning a Super Bowl. So, you know, um, soak up these wins because you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's like the Bengals game, right? Or or the thing that happened to them against the Bucks, like. There is luck involved in this. Get yourself to the sure. get yourself to the party as much as you can, and you're going to have a, more chances to win. But there's some luck involved. Injuries happen. I mean, this year, look at Pat. Like a little bit worse of an ankle injury, and you know we're looking back at this season and wondering what could have been. So, um, I do think it's. I do think they'll be able to stay focused. I do think that they have built a culture similar to what they had in new England, not in that they go about it the same way, but of professionalism, of pedigree, of winning, of focus. We do things a certain way here. And you know, now if you're going into Kansas city, you're, there's a certain level of expectation. You know, you're not, you're not taking a, a fat paycheck to go play for the Texans or something. And like, who gives a shit what happens throughout the course of the year. And then you move on to the next one. This is super Bowl or bust. Anything less is an, you know, an absolute failure for this team. So I think they will stay focused. I think they've got the hardest. I've got so much harder of a road than New England had. They did get by Manning, but like there's some stacked talent in the AFC that the Chiefs have to contend with. Yeah, the flip side to that is that it's more of an offensive friendly league now because I think the analytics age has made it more pass happy but also the rule the rule changes with what the secondary can do and so forth and the way you can you can hit quarterbacks uh and and offensive success is more sticky than defensive success so i think the way our roster is constructed we're a little and, and basically by roster constructed i just mean mahomes and making sure he's protected and he has some warm bodies to throw to that are decent, but I, I think we're kind of impervious to those, to those dips than, than 
maybe even the Patriots were. Uh, and, and also one of the things that happened with the Patriots is you have to kind of look at their dynasty in two halves because Brady really transformed himself from like yep. a Derek Carr player le- level player to a Joe Montana level player or better. So that was part of what happened as well. He was so frustrating in those later years because he just and 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 the, what's exciting to me is that I feel like the Mahomes is starting to play like that now. Like he's still using his athleticism. You know, Brady never had it, but like this new offense when they removed Tyree Kill from it, what he did last year with those receivers, it it felt a lot like that. Where it was like you just can't stop this guy. Somebody's always open. He always makes the right play. He always finds him. He doesn't make very many mistakes. If he if he figures that out now, I mean, look out, man. Um, th- some good points made in the chat too. Uh, Angry drunken German says, uh, you know, New England didn't have Mahomes. Mahomes has three Super Bowls, and not once did he have meaning gone to three Super Bowls. Not once did he have a top fifteen defense. That's that's absolutely true. Um, imagine they've invested so much in the defense. We've been talking about it on the pod. What if, you know, like what if like. Bolton and Willie Gay and McDuffie and like Carl Loftus. Like what if all these dudes make a leap and become like Pro Bowl level players at the same time? And they have like a top eight defense. Like, yeah, it could happen, especially if they go in on the defense yet again. Right. Right. Um, What do you guys think? Let us know in the chat. Will the Chiefs have a Super Bowl hangover? Can they get back? What are their odds of repeating? I want to ask you that, Adam, before we move on. Are they going to repeat? Can they do it? Well, I'm definitely taking the field versus them. But it's not as far as you think. I mean, I I think I'd give them a 40% chance and the field a 60% chance. And if they get to the Super Bowl and they're healthy, I'm not betting on anybody else. I think you'd be crazy to bet on anybody else uh you know I, I i don't worry about patrick i think he's wired the way lebron is i really think he's going to take care of himself and stay focused and still be doing this by the time he's 40 probably and we have we have leaps in in modern medicine and recovery and all this kind of stuff so i i just think patrick is going to be there at the end every year, I expect them to always be in the AFC championship. And after that, it's just kind of roll of dice. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, thank God he's Gumby when it comes to injuries, the dudes. Just, well, some of that's their training, trainer. right? Like they train yeah, proprioception right? and they, they want him to be, I think Brady was like this too. They're focused. And this is why Will uh, Levis is, is kind of curious the quarterback out of Kentucky who just came into this draft, just jacked up because quarterbacks have been training mobility, resistance, uh, agility, those things. They want their body to be pliable and injury resistant, durable. Uh, and I think he, he's really, I mean, he's limber anyways, but also his father's a pro athlete. I think sometimes we forget about that. But I think that's a big component in how he handles all of this so well. Yeah. I an underrated thing about Mahomes is how um, you know, you hear the stories about him being competitive and all that stuff. 
but he's so, um, you know, like Brady, like Brady's a maniac, right? Like if Brady, if Brady took up smoking, he'd smoke a pack a day. If he took up drinking, he'd probably be an alcoholic. Like he's one of those people that has that crazy personality where they're just, they get obsessed with things and they go all in on it. And then I think Mahomes is just like, he doesn't get too up or get too down. I think there's like a mental aspect. Maybe you probably would compare it most to Montana. Um, that like when he's out there, he just, he's just not scared. And I, I think he carries that personality throughout his, um, he just seems like such a mild mannered dude, you know, like calm, cool, collected all the time in his personal life. There's no drama, you know, like he's not getting on Twitter. Well, there is his brother, but <laughs> well, right. Like, I mean, he's, he's been surrounded by like some chaos or distraction or whatever. And like, it's just like, he's like, goes about his business. Doesn't talk shit. Like goes out there and plays a little petty competitive streak, but that's it. So I think that's, I think that's really helpful for him. Um, some, some folks in the chat says, Jerome says, who does Vegas have in the Super Bowl favorite? That's right. It's Chiefs. Um, angry drunken German makes a good point. Says our schedule is easier in 23. Our young defense will be better. We just need to stay healthy with our division imploding. I think those are all excellent points. Um, I think they've got a good shot at it. They're just so good with him and with Reed. And as, as long as Travis Kelsey's healthy and playing, continuing to play at a high level, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And they might get tripped up in the playoffs. These games have been close. But I'll ask one, one last question for you before we move on to Star Wars, Adam. Right. The 49ers team they played in the Super Bowl, the Buccaneers team they lost to, and the Eagles, top to bottom, did the Chiefs have a better roster than any three of those teams? No. They just have the one. Yeah. Shit, I was going to say something, and I, I, I kind of lost it. Maybe it will come back to me. Yeah, maybe it'll come back. But yeah, I think you're right. I think all those teams had a better top to bottom roster. It's not that the Chiefs aren't good, but they had some players, man, that just were were outrageous. You know, that that Eagles team was really good. Like I I think the 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 win this year over the Eagles is more impressive than the first one against San Francisco. Even though San Francisco's defense was a terror, the Eagles defense was really good too. But like I'm taking Jalen Hurts the way he played last year over Jimmy G 50 times out of 50. But even Jalen Hurts, as the game progressed, he had the fumble. He had a three and out in the second half. I like Mahomes' chances if we can just keep it close. Yeah. As the game goes on, you know, he's going to have ice in his veins. Yeah. And that's one of the, the beautiful things about being in so many of these big moments. Right? We, we've been down. And, and had huge comebacks. So I just don't think anything is going to phase these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, it's hard. It's really difficult to do, but I, I think they're, I mean, I'd be surprised if they're not in the AFC championship game again, may, they may not be hosting it, but I feel like that's, that's their floor at this. And point. the thing that nobody is talking about in the national media is Mahomes was compromised. He had to force right. himself basically to be a, a passing, uh, a pocket passer. Yep. And what we've seen in years past in the playoffs, he really unleashes that running ability because he's not as worried about getting hurt. Right. And he had that kind of taken away from him. Now, I know he had a couple big scrambles when he absolutely needed it. He dug down deep 
against the Bengals, against the Eagles late in those games, and basically won the game with his legs. But for three and a half quarters, he wasn't doing that. Yeah. So if he has that next season, we're going to be even a more dangerous offense. It's like when, uh, isn't it in a what Karate Kid where like Mr. Miyagi blindfolds Daniel? You know, like it's kind of like Mahomes. Like it's just going to make him better. Or Kyrie Irving's dad made him made him shoot with his left hand, you know, for an entire summer. Or like the backboard was broken, so he wouldn't fix it. So he had to use the other side. Like stuff like that. You hear those stories of how they can help people. I think probably what he did last year and the injury and all that stuff just just made him better it, 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 you know going through adversity makes people better well people get caught up in all the the trick shots right but right. he's he's a great processor and he's becoming he's a student of the game he's becoming better in that aspect every single year and i think this in a weird way sped up his development i remembered what i wanted to say and that is this why I'm so confident in Mahomes and Reed is they have already tried to, to evolve. And we haven't seen that as much from Josh Allen. What undid Josh Allen last year is Ken Dorsey got him to play a little bit more within the system early in the year. Dink and dunk, just take what's there. You don't have to go for the kill or the big shot. We know you've got the cannon, but you don't have to show it off for 60 minutes. Yeah. And he kind of reverted back to his old self late in the season. And I think that the more you have on tape, the longer you're in the league, the more teams are going to force you to do other things than what you want to do. And the Chiefs have shown that the league can kind of crowdsource a way to stop them. And they can say, okay, we're going we're gonna to be David Bowie and reinvent ourselves. And then you're going to have to stop that. And if you stop that iteration, we're just going to do it again, again, you know, rinse and repeat. Yeah. So that that's what instills me with so much confidence. Yeah, I, I agree. And now Mahomes has been through, he's been through some wars, man. He's been through it. And the experience is only going to inform the way he plays moving forward. Um, thank you again, everybody who's watching out in YouTube land. Thank you to our audio listeners. This is the Arrowhead Attic podcast. We're getting ready. I'm coming to Kansas City for the draft. I'm excited to, to hang out with some of you guys out there. Uh, but give us a like if you're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button. All right. Um, so Chiefs, Star Wars. It is the off season. Sometimes we got to get a little creative. So, you know, we mentioned this at the top. Chat G GPT, uh, AI, it's coming for all of us. Uh, it's going to be making your meals. You know, it's going to be making phone calls for you. It's going to take your job. I wanted to ask it a fun question. I'm a big movie guy. You're a huge movie guy. And everybody loves Star Wars uh, for the most part, except, you know, weirdos. Um, so I was like, well, what, what, you know, compare some Chiefs legends, I asked it, to Star Wars characters. And I thought some of these were, were interesting. And I just thought they'd be fun to go over and, and maybe debate a little bit. So, I thought that the AI did a pretty good job of actually kind of explaining. I asked it to explain like why it was making decisions it made. So the first one was of course, Mahomes and it said Anakin Skywalker. So it's a quarterback and this is what it wrote. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes known for his incredible arm strength, creativity and on-field vision has quickly become the most talented and exciting players in the NFL. His meteoric rise and immense potential 
are reminiscent of Anakin Skywalker, who was once regarded as the chosen one. Both Mahomes and Skywalker possess a unique skill set that sets them apart from their peers, and they have the ability to change the course of the game or battle with their exceptional talents. So I want to know, I think a lot of people probably would have thought, okay, Mahomes, he's Luke Skywalker, right? He's the hero. Instead, it's Anakin Skywalker. I want to know what you think. And because I wondered, is it, yeah, and, and Ronald just said it in the chat, is it just pre-Vader? So, because they say that when he, once he turns to the dark side, he's not Anakin Skywalker anymore. He's like a different character. Correct. So is it, or do you feel safe having Mahomes be Anakin Skywalker? Or are you worried that like, he's going to like join, like he's going to leave Kansas city and like join the Raiders. But then like at the last moment, he's going to like throw the Raiders into the sea or something. <laughs> I just dis disagree with the comparison outright. I think he's Luke Skywalker. Uh, this is basically saying that he's going to, you know, turn into Russell Wilson or something, or they not be, a chief. I don't want to hear that. I want him to be Luke Skywalker. I want him to be the one who actually balances the force, not the one who was promised to and, and couldn't deliver. But didn't, I mean, did, what didn't Vader balance the force by turning on Palpatine? Yeah. Now, one way you could look at it is the rest of the league sees Mahomes as Darth Vader. Right. Yeah. Zach mentioned that in the chat. And my brother ahead of me. <laughs> um, yeah, and and that's a that's a really interesting one. I I actually think the 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 comparison is pretty good, especially consider this nerd stuff here. But Chat GPT only goes through twenty twenty one, so like it doesn't know that Mahomes is like won another Super Bowl, and so it's looking at him at the time when you ask a question. It's looking at him as like. Um, it's looking at him as like this up and coming young gunslinger, which is what Anakin was. Uh, our producer, Sean says the first AFC championship lost to Brady was like getting beat by Obi-Wan. <laughs> I don't know. Andy Reed. I feel like Andy Reed is, is Andy Reed Yoda? Or yeah. Is he well, if Mahomes is Luke, then he needs to be, gosh, that's a, that's a hard one. Who's Obi-Wan? Maybe Obi-Wan was, uh, was Alex, Alex Smith, yeah, Alex Smith, you know, he was only here for a short time, but he made his mark on, on Patrick. That's a good like, point. That's a good one. Much like, uh, yeah. Ben Kenobi, who was in his life for a very short time. Ron Ronald says Luke's character arc seems better for Mahomes. Uh, angry drunken German says Kelsey is definitely solo. We'll see. Kelsey was named by the AI. I didn't, I didn't put the player names in, by the way, it just chose. I just said chiefs legends. So next the Kelsey up, one is the, to me is the best one. I think so too. I thought it was dead on. Um, Derek Thomas, Mace Windu. So here's what he said. Linebacker Derek Thomas. I said what he said, like it was written by a person. Linebacker Derek Thomas was one of the most feared pass rushers in NFL history and was known for his res relentless pursuit of quarterbacks and his ability to create game-changing plays. His powerful presence and disciplined approach to the game make him a fitting counterpart to Jedi Master Mace Windu. Both Thomas and Windu were dominant forces in their respective fields, commanding respect and admiration from both their allies and their opponents. What did you think of this one? It's kind of sad because to me, Mace Windu was arguably the best part of the prequels and then he passed away. Yeah. So there, there's that parallel sam samuel jackson makes everything better just everything 
Um, so it's a shame that he, yeah, couldn't have had a better part. Um, I wish he was my GPS voice, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. If you start making a wrong turn, make a wrong turn again. (laughs) Just start cussing you out. Um, uh, all right. So I thought this one was good too. I thought it made a lot of sense. Um, and yeah, and also like, and that's the thing too, right? And you pointed it out. That's the scary thing about this AI shit. Like it knew, like it doesn't mention that Mace Windu died and like died kind of early on and that, and that Derek Thomas tragically passed away, but it still linked those two up. And it's like, did it, did it, did it do that on purpose? And it just didn't say it. Cause like maybe it thought it would be bad. It was programmed to like, this would be bad for him. I mean, that's, that's kind of wild, right? Rye bread 722 says the bangles can have jar jar. <laughs> yeah. The who days get on my nerves. I like that one. Yeah. They can, they can be burrow can be, he can be jar jar. Um, okay. So next up, this one was interesting. I'm not sure about it, but Tony Gonzalez is Han Solo. So it's not, it's not Travis Kelsey. According to the AI it says, Tight end Tony Gonzalez, one of the greatest to ever play the position, was a key component to the Chiefs' offensive success during his career. His combination of athleticism, skill, and determination is reminiscent of Han Solo, the daring and resourceful pilot. Like Solo, Gonzalez was a charismatic figure who made big plays when it mattered most, making him an invaluable asset to the team. I think that's a fair argument. Tony was pretty charismatic. Dunk it yeah. on the goalpost and all that. He's the best player on Man, the team. One time, one time I was out in Westport during his prime, just walking down the street with with two two women that looked like models on his arms. Just charisma, just you know, blinding yeah. me. Like I had to put on some sunglasses. Um, if he is Han Solo, who's Chewbacca? Willie Rofe. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think Willie Rofe has to be Chewbacca. Willie Rofe could be Chewbacca. We we need to ask. Somebody from that offensive line group, like who was the hairiest member of the of that offensive line? You know, was it Brian Waters? Was it was it Willie Rofe? Uh, and who's the be... most likely to rip somebody's arm off? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> man, Willie Rofe was he was a bad man. He got out in space in particular. Um, one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. So here's an here's a here's a fun one. I thought this was good. Priest Holmes. All right. Let Let's ask the chat. Can anybody guess? What do you, who do you think Priest Holmes got in this one? Star Wars character. I know we got a little bit of a delay, but let's give them a minute to 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 put their guesses in. Um, I thought this one was was really interesting, and then I was thinking about I was thinking about Priest and like, could you do with Priest and Jamal Charles? Could you do like a you know a, like a, a mentor mentee situation? You know, um, because it was like he paved the way, and we just forget about Larry Johnson. Um, uh, angry junk and german says chris jones uh chris jones would be the monster that saves the day uh ronald says priest equals calrissian oh interesting lando for priest holmes priest was pretty like if i think of lando as like kind of flashy you know he's got the cape like uh the 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 really outgoing personality like priest as a runner was was pretty pretty flashy he was a really fun runner to watch. Whereas like, then you follow up with Larry Johnson, just like plowed into people. Um, that vision. Yeah. Just incredible. Um, Great so, X-wing pilot. <laughs> Pri- Priest actually got, um, 
Qui-Gon Jinn. Running back Priest Holmes, who enjoyed a highly productive career with the Chiefs, was known for his vision, balance, and uncanny ability to find running lanes. His qualities align closely with those of Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn, who was deeply attuned to the Force and, com and, co and committed to maintaining balance in the galaxy. Both Holmes and Qui-Gon were instrumental in guiding their respective teams through challenging situations with their wisdom, skill, and perseverance. I thought the vision thing was really interesting. Yeah, that's the word that stuck out to me. Right. Yeah. And that almost seems like it it like it looked at traits. You know, like it looked at traits of these players and read about them and then it looked at traits of various Star Wars characters and sort of matched them up that way, which is kind of kind of fascinating. Um and and similar to what happened with Derek Thomas and Mace Windu, Qigon wasn't around as long as he should have been. He got Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. He right. got hurt by uh, Darth Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul finished him off. Um, all right, so now we get a couple of throwbacks. My, our Missouri and Kansas people out there know sometimes we mispronounce these hard words. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Willie Lanier. Willie Lanier is Yoda. Uh, and here's what it wrote. Linebacker Willie Lanier, a key figure of the Chiefs' legendary defense in the late 1960s and early 70s, was known for his intelligence, leadership, and ferocious play. His qualities make him an ideal counterpart to Jedi Master Yoda, who was reserved for who was revered for his wisdom and mastery of the Force. Both Lanier and Yoda were vital mentors to those around them, sharing their knowledge and experience to shape future generations. It is kind of interesting thinking about kind of one of the older legends as, as being Yoda. Yeah, I, I think I would have thought of Lenny Dawson. You know, he was around oh. for, for Pat coming up. Yeah. Even Hank Stram. And I, I had a thought, is Carl Peterson Emperor Palpatine? <laughs> <laughs> or is he Jabba? No, no, Jason Whitlock is Jabba. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Zach in the chat said Ryan Sims should be Jabba. Yeah, Ryan Sims or Junior Siavi. Um, <laughs> uh, Rybred says Don Tari Poe could be Java. Yep, yeah, he was big, big guy. Um, uh, Angry Drunken German says Neil Smith is Neil Smith is Lando during Empire Straight Strikes Back, traitor and scoundrel. Oh, that's a good one. That's good. Uh, all right, next up is Bobby Bell. Bobby Bell gets Obi Wan Kenobi. Linebacker Bobby Bell, a versatile and dominant player during his time with the Chiefs, is known for his calm demeanor, on-field intelligence, and strong leadership. His qualities align closely with those of Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, who was a wise and resourceful mentor to a young generation of Jedi. Both Bell and Kenobi were committed to the success of their teams and were willing to make sacrifices for the greater good. I didn't get to watch Bobby Bell play. I'm not old enough, but I don't have any arguments there with the reasoning. Yeah, I don't really either, except in my version, Mahomes is Luke Skywalker. And again, Alex Smith has to be Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to connect them, I agree. Uh, all right, we got two more to go here. Here comes Lenny Dawson. And Len you Dawson. the best one for last, huh? Yeah, we did, we did. Um, <clears throat> Len Dawson is Luke Skywalker. Quarterback Len Dawson, a Super Bowl champion and Hall of Famer, was a symbol of hope and success for Kansas City during his playing days. Much like Luke Skywalker, Dawson exhibited tremendous skill, perseverance, and leadership. 
Both Dawson and Skywalker faced significant challenges throughout their careers, but ultimately emerged as heroes. Dawson's ability to rally his teammates and consistently deliver in high-pressure situations mirrors Luke's journey to becoming a Jedi Master and a vital figure in the Rebel Alliance's success. I actually think that it's kind of right. Like, Mahomes, like, Anakin was like, he was like a gangster from, like, the moment. You know what I mean? Like, he was already flying. Like, he was a pilot. He was like a toddler, you know? And, like, he, he was the best pilot in the galaxy. Like, he right was a prodigy. Right. Yeah. He was a prodigy. And that's kind of what Mahomes is. Where like Len Dawson wasn't like, oh God, this guy's unbelievable. Like a minute he stepped in the league, but he, but he, but he got the job done in the end. He learned, he became the leader that the chiefs needed. So I think it makes sense. He might be too cool though. The smoke and the cigarette with the fresca in the locker room that, that has a Han Solo vibe to me. That is. Yeah. Well, that's a good, that's, I like that. I, I would, I would, I reverse my opinion. I would say Han Solo for, for Lenny Dawson. Um, hilarious. Okay. Last one. The one I think you've all been waiting for. Travis Kelsey is Lando Calrissian. Tight end Travis Kelsey, one of the most dominant and dynamic players at his position is known for his on-field theatrics, charisma, and big game performances. His magnetic personality and flashy playing style make him a fitting counterpart to Lando Calrissian, the suave and resourceful gambler-turned-hero. Kelsey's ability to charm fans and opponents alike is reminiscent of Lando's charisma and charm. Both figures display a strong sense of loyalty to their friends and teammates, and their presence on the field or in the galaxy is unmistakable. It's such a, I read that, and I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. It's so dead on. And I know somebody mentioned they thought Kelsey should be Han, and I think the difference is Han is cool, right? Like they're both Lando's cool and Han is cool. It's one of the reasons why they're friends. But like Han's kind of like grumpy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's 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 like always harassed and you know annoyed and and all that stuff. Like he's you know he's Harrison Ford and and, and Lando gruff. is not. Yeah, yeah, like he's gruff and like Lando's care, kind of carefree. You know, he's the life of the party guy. And that's Kelsey. Like, Kelsey is not striking. It's just the flamboyance, the style, the cape. If there's anybody in the Chiefs, maybe in the NFL, that could walk around in a cape. Right. I'm putting my money on Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I thought that was a perfect, perfect one by the robot. uh, And especially if you've seen Solo, the way that Donald Glover portrays Lando, it's an even better fit. My question is... If this was 2021, why no no Ray or Poe? I don't know who Ray would be. I guess Gracie Hunt. You know, she's got to, she's eventually going to have to take the franchise into a new direction, right? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. You know, well, we I only asked it to do a handful. So I did a I did a few more of these tests yesterday. I actually had it do one where I, it compared NFL teams to um, to Star Wars characters and. Uh, in that, when it did 32, it did get into some of the newer characters in the Star Wars canon. But I believe the Chiefs were Luke Skywalker uh, in that. And they, they did, um, the Steelers got Darth Vader. This is posted on our, our website, NFL Mocks, by the way, if you want to find it. Um, the Steelers got Darth Vader, which was interesting. It was a big upset that the, uh, you know who the Raiders got, though? Because I was like, the Raiders aren't going to be Darth Vader. The Raiders got, um, uh, which which 
was it Django? They got Django Fett, Boba Fett's oh. dad, who gets decapitated by Mace Windu, which I thought was kind of hilarious because in this, uh, Derek Thomas got Mace Windu. <laughs> so, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting thing, and it did it did pull in more. So, like, I don't, I'm having fun with this. Like, I think I'm going to ask it to do like Harry Potter characters next. Just do the what... AFC West as Game of Thrones houses. The, oh, that's a good. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. I could just do that right now. Um, hold on a second. How quick uh, can it can it get it done for us? Yeah, it's so fast. This is scary, man. I know, I know. Okay, compare AFC West teams to Game of Thrones houses. Let's see what it comes up with. <clears throat> it's writing right now. It's totally bananas. I don't know if you've played around with this stuff much, but like I used it to like make an itinerary for my vacation, which was kind of really interesting. It found like restaurants and stuff I didn't know about. So there's some really interesting, it's just like endless things you can use this stuff for. Okay. I, I have it one. My, my wife is an acupuncturist. And yeah. she wanted to write a blog comparing acupuncture to dry needling. And she like gave it a suggestion and how to do it and make it a little comedic. It was scary. I'm like, okay, the time, the time is ticking on, on, uh, us getting paid to write and, and opine. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is, man. Um, Robert says Colquitt feels like a C3PO to me. That's funny. Okay. It's writing it right now. Kansas city chiefs, how stark. Um, strong, loyal fan base with a rich history, much like how stark they have been succeed. Uh, they have both been both successes and hardships over the years. The chiefs resilience and ability to develop young talent like Patrick Mahomes can be compared to the Starks family's perseverance and ability to rally support despite numerous challenges. The Broncos house Lannister. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it knows I'm a chiefs fan. Dead um, on. Yeah. Significant success, boasting multiple super multiple Super Bowl championships and a competitive spirit. They can be compared to House Lannister, who are known for their wealth, influence, and cunning in the Game of Thrones universe. Much like the Lannisters, the Broncos have been able to attract top talent and showcase an impressive roster over the years. Uh, the Lannisters are ambitious with the pursuit of power. The the Chargers are House Tyrell. So that's that's kind of funny because like much like the Chargers every every preseason. Uh, it doesn't go well for them in the end. Uh, they get blown up, right? <laughs> they get blown up, yeah. Sort of um, like uh, the uh, the trainer who uh, injected Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it says, uh, Chargers have experienced ups and downs in their history, but are known for their adaptability and potential for growth. They can be compared to House Tyrell, who is also known for their diplomacy, wealth, and strategic alliances. The Chargers' ability to navigate challenges and maintain a competitive edge, much like the Tyrell's, showcases their resourcefulness and potential for future success. Both the Chargers and House Tyrell have a strong foundation on which to build and their potential for greatness is undeniable, but they never reach it. <laughs> it's, yep. It's pretty good. And the last one is it said It said they never reach it? No, no, I did. Oh. I added that, but oh. it's true, right? They, they yeah, either. yeah. They, there's a lot of hype, but it never manifests into to something more than hype. Right. Las Vegas Raiders, House Greyjoy. <laughs> and it makes sense because they're like pirates like they like they raid vi fishing villages and shit in, in game of thrones it says um known for their rebellious spirit and, de and dedication to their unique identity they can be compared to house Greyjoy, the raiders commitment to excellence and their passionate fan base known as raider nation shares similarities to the Greyjoys' fierce fierce loyalty to their house and culture just as the Greyjoys 
are known for their uh, naval prowess and unpredictability. The Raiders have been known for their unconventional strategies and bold moves on and off the field. Both the Raiders and House Greyjoy are unafraid to defy expectations and pursue their own path to success. That's really good. Like, that's spooky. They also kind of got castrated, you know? <laughs> castrated and, <laughs> yeah, uh, it doesn't go well for the for the Greyjoys either. Um, no, it does not. Hilarious. All right, well, we have gone long. Nice long show today for you all to help get you through the uh, offseason. Appreciate everybody who tuned in today. There were a lot of you. Make sure you hit that like button on your way out um and thank you for uh hanging out and having a little fun with us at the end of the show here with some uh some Hell ai yeah. and some pop culture stuff it's always always a good time um ronald says what the heck is this ai programming on scary yeah i mean it wrote all that stuff i read to you from the moment i said i'll type it in so uh it's chat gpt if you want to play around with it um it is uh the Raiders should just ask AI who they should draft every year. I think <laughs> right? it, it could not go worse. It, it would definitely go better. It would most certainly go better. It would most certainly go better for them. Um, all right, everybody, you guys have been absolutely awesome. Next week, Matt Verderam returns to the Arrowhead Attic podcast. He's going to join me as a guest, help get us ready for the draft. And then the week after that, it's going to be me and Sterling from somewhere in Kansas city. At some point on Thursday, we're going to do a show uh live we'll probably be doing some live streaming from the draft it's going to be awesome so make sure you tune in for all of that adam thanks for joining me man it was great having you on always good to catch up man thanks for having me yeah appreciate you brother all right thank you everybody for adam best for producer sean thank you all for your help we will see you guys next thursday but until then as always go chiefs special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, Soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters. Because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.